Hello, my name is Ben. I'm also Ben, but I'm known as BBK. And welcome to the Both Podcast. We will be talking all things football and just general goings on in life. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So this being our first podcast, we're going to start by talking about just general life, how things are going. Uh, so Ben, what what you what you been up to lately? Um, I'm just working uh, a lot. You know, we're in lockdown. There's not much we can do, is there? You can't, we can't be seeing anyone just staying at home. And I thought, um, with so much time at home, a uh, fun thing to do would just be make a podcast. Exactly, exactly. I think that's that's pretty much the same with anyone. Everyone, it's certainly certainly the same for me. Um, have you been doing anything? I picked any hobbies while you've been in lockdown that you've uh, um, I've been on? working out a little bit. Working out, jeez, yeah. big boy. Yeah, yeah. I did some exercise. I want to keep healthy and positive. Um, such a simple thing. I take my dog for a walk most days just to get out of the house. You know, I think it's nice to we're in lockdown. It's just nice to get out of the house when you can. Exactly, exactly. So I guess we'll just talk about um, kind of everything that's going on at the moment. So obviously there is a certain thing happening. Uh, worldwide at the moment we obviously can't i'm not going to talk about it because everyone seems to be talking about it um and i guess it's just it's going to be one of these things that we just keep repeating until we get out of it that yeah unfortunately whilst we're in lockdown there's going to be nothing else we can do so like ben said we might as well might as well do a podcast so i mean i've been the really good thing about sport at the minute it's just keeping us i think it's keeping us going isn't it yeah I i think it's it's one of these things as well where it, it kind of made like on a Saturday normally you'd probably sit down and watch the football inside anyway so yeah, in that sense yeah. it's not really locked down if the no. football's on you know what I mean yeah. like in, in the first lockdown in England there was nothing on at all so we were basically just like you know you were st- stuck watching like the class of 99's like re- reruns on Sky you know and, and things like that so I think it is. It's nice now that sports back on, but it is just such a. It's such a minefield of what you can and can't do. You talk about all the stories, you know, all the things that footballers have been doing, where they've been travelling, people they've been seeing, hosting parties. It's, there's so much going into to being a football player now, and I just think it's it's kind of gone a bit. For want of a better word, it's kind of gone a bit a little bit crazy, to be honest. But it's uh, it's good that we can we can kind of talk about it, take yeah. an hour out of our day. And just kind of chat, I guess, because yeah. like, I think we were saying it before that we'd probably talk anyway. So why not? Why not do it in a in a, in a well, podcast form? Yeah. I think that's just the only thing uh, difference with the football is obviously your your season ticket holder at Nottingham Forest, uh, yeah. and you'd be yeah. you'd be going to most games. Well, you'd be going to all games if they were on, and it's just yeah. not not the same. Just watching at home, not being not going to the pub, seeing your friends. Um, uh, but hopefully that will soon come back before we know it. Okay, here's a here's a question just to start the podcast off. What is the thing you miss most about not being in lockdown? So what's the thing about normal life that if you could have it back now you would? Oh, that's a hard question. I think you just forget how much we we you do in life if you know what I mean. Like, how much you're allowed to do? I, I struggle. I struggle to think like what what because it feels like we've just been in lockdown forever like what did i do before lockdown but i guess it's probably just seeing friends isn't it um i'd be you know probably seeing friends most weekends probably be going out going to uh, football games or 
uh, I think just a freedom to be able to do what you actually want to do. That's yeah. I think with me, it was, it was more just. I don't know why, but the the thing I miss most is just being able to walk past people and not be terrified that you're gonna yeah get them <laughs> get them infected. You know what I mean? Like every time you go on a walk, it's not now. Oh, you just walk past someone. Hey, what are you doing? It's like yeah, I've got to cross the road, change you know, change lanes in in my car, just get around people as, as far as you can, just in case. It's it's been a horrible time to people who are listening. If they are listening, and if you have been struggling, um. Just know that it will be over soon. I'm sure. Now, where we don't know how long soon is, but it will be. It will end eventually. It has to. We we're always here if anyone needs to talk to us. If anyone out there who is watching needs to talk, yeah, just know that our DMs are open to anyone who just needs a chat, needs some help, needs advice. Obviously, we're not professionals, but we can certainly chat to you about football as we are now. And obviously, if you are very passionate about football and would like to come on the podcast our dms you can go to them as well um so should we just go straight into it yeah yeah let's let's jump in and uh, so the first few, thing we've got a few you know sort of football topics that we're going to talk about but i think one of the uh the biggest biggest topics in football over the sort of past weeks uh revolving around chelsea and frank lampard being sad uh, what do you think of that over that ben i mean it's right it's disappointing i think i think he didn't have them playing that badly Really, it was. It's, it's what he's been. An, he's been a manager now for two, two and a half years. I want to say. Yeah. About right. Now, well, one season at Derby, didn't he? Yeah. Now, most managers who've been managers for two and a half years at a professional level are probably currently in League One. You look at like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like they even Chris Chris Hewton, who's currently the Forest manager, he's been managing for years and years and years, and he's currently managing a club at the whether we like it or not a club at the bottom of the championship yeah. so now Frank Lampard and especially Roman Abramovich just expecting him to kind of to do really well instantly is a bit of a problem but then you look at football nowadays 18 months without winning anything really is quite a long time so in that respect I think that's why you look at like Arteta that's probably why he's still got his job is because he went straight into the team a team that was already in what the semi-finals of the FA Cup or whatever it was, yeah. and he wins that. So that's instantly a couple of extra months in the job. That, whether he I, and then, that gives him time, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's the thing. You have to win things because I think Chelsea. You know, I've I've watched a lot of Chelsea fans on YouTube, and one of the things they say is that whether they like it or not, the policy is it's quick turnaround of managers. Yeah. And it's not for a particular reason that they don't necessarily like them. It's just that seems to be something that works because you talk about a new manager bounce. And generally speaking, that'll last, say, I don't know, three months, four months. So if you're only keeping a manager for a year and a half, you're kind of keeping most of that yeah. new manager bounce, if you know what I mean. Well, I think there's a lot of Chelsea fans that thought they'd turn a tide a bit when they went for Lampard. They were thinking, oh, Van Lampard is going to be here for a while, you know, because Lampard's not a manager that they normally go for. So they thought, you know, they might have, they might be with Lampard for a couple of seasons to, you know, try and see what they can do. But obviously, Roman's uh, not happy with the lack of trophies, so, and he's gone for obviously um, someone that's a more experienced manager in Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, I think I think the main thing as well, you know, if if it wasn't Frank Lampard, if it was Brendan Rodgers, let's say. Yeah. Or, well, literally any other man, and he got sacked after 18 months. 
without winning anything, you'd say, oh no, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, but what yeah. I think what what they I think they said, and I don't don't quote me on this, but I think there was kind of some kind of ear that what you know some kind of idea that what they wanted to do was bring in Lampard and do like a proper a proper rebuild where he stays for 10 years and he brings through the likes of Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, uh, even players like Billy Gilmore, Fico yeah. Tamori, all those players who are in the youth ranks who he can bring up. If he stays there for 10 years and he coaches them for eight, let's say, they're yeah. going to be players that play in his specific way. And if that starts to work, then what you're going to have is a specific system, which you've then coached the players for eight years in this specific system. Um, and it should it should work really well. The problem is, is you don't you don't get any money from winning nothing. You know, no. well, they're currently sitting quite low in the table, I believe, relative for what Chelsea should be, of course. And I feel like it, it, it it's a sensible decision, but just knowing who it is, it's probably best that he was sacked. Just because what you don't want in the same kind of vein is that. It gets really, really bad to a point where Frank Lampard, I know he probably won't, but he ends up, I don't know, getting him relegated or even getting him into the lower half of the table consistently for years. What you don't want is the fans turning on him yeah, and then it going the other way. You don't so want to be ruined as a player. Yeah, but I suppose you could argue that that's pretty much impossible. He'd probably have to take them down to National League South and then most people would probably say, yeah, it's probably, probably about time now. Yeah. Well, I think that's where it goes because I think a lot of the Chelsea fans that wanted him to stay are probably seeing him more as the Chelsea player rather than the Chelsea manager because if it was, like you say, Brendan Rodgers or someone else that had 18 months there have not hasn't haven't done particularly well, they would probably be saying, have the sack. But because it's Frank Lampard, they're like, oh no, give him more time because of their love for him as as a player. So this was, I was thinking about this the other day and I want to, I want to see what you think about this because I, I thought it was a good idea, but it, it sounds a bit—it sounds a bit dodgy. Well, not dodgy, but crap when I say it in my head. So imagine you've got Frank Lampard, you've had him for eighteen months, and things aren't going very well. Thomas Tuchel's on the market. Why not bring in Thomas Tuchel, and then rather than getting rid of Frank Lampard, getting him to swallow his pride and saying, "Look, you become the head coach because you're obviously a very good footballer, so you can obviously show them." how to be very good footballers, especially yeah, Mason Mount. Mason Mount and Frank Lampard could have been the best manager to play a, you know, thing that you've ever seen since, like, you know, like Klopp and Salah, those kind of kind of things where a manager... Ferguson and Ronaldo. Yeah, or Alex Ferguson and Wayne Rooney, or Alex Ferguson and Just every single player. player. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, you know, you can kind of build him in that ilk. And then that way, you've got a man who can do it on the training pitch in Frank Lampard, which gives Thomas Tuchel more time to view tactics and to look at players, and then yeah. that way you don't get rid of Frank Lampard. And then in fi- and then in the next eighteen months, Frank Lampard just by like osmosis will be a better manager for being around uh, Thomas Tuchel. So then all you do is you keep bringing these managers in, and then over five years, Frank Lampard will finally be at a point where he could manage. It's basically the same as Mikel Arteta. The other way around. He was under Pep, weren't he? Obviously, for so he was under Pep. He's got some of, even though he's not done too well, he will eventually be a good manager. I don't think there's any doubt in that. He kind of came from being a coach to then being a manager, and it's not gone. I know Arsenal have had a crap start to the season, but it's not gone 
I think as can, badly as it could have done. You can see what he's trying to do with the team, and I think he's the manager that, with time, Arsenal will succeed. Because yeah, um, I think that was the main thing as well with with Frank Lampard's sides that didn't look to be no, not necessarily didn't look to be a style, but didn't didn't look to be anything that you'd say that's what Frank Lampard like. You know, Klopp. They're you can see in within Klopp what they what their plan is, how they play. Well, it's the whole it's the whole mentality monsters. Yeah. Firmino. Firmino drops deep, fullbacks overlap. It's all whereas it's kind of Frank Lampard's teams almost do everything, which normally you'd say was a good thing, but in football I don't think it is really. Uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a funny one. Um, so I suppose the question, the main question is, do you think a he was let down and b needed more time? Um, I think they're let down. You could say that some of the players. Well, obviously, he had a very big spending spree this summer. I think he spent about two hundred million, I think, on players. But uh, you know, Werner, Chilwell, uh, Ziyech, Havertz, um, and arguably, I think, out other than Chilwell, you could say all three of them have let him down. You know, he spent big money on them. They've not really um, performed for him. But then you could say they need time to settle to the Premier League. But you know, if you're a good player, I think you should just be able to play what no matter what league. But um, you know, obviously. I don't, I don't know. I'm a professional footballer, so, you know, I can't say that. But um, I do you play football, you're not far. No. <laughs> um, I do think, though, that maybe just to the end of this season could have been enough just to see if he could have turned it around. But obviously, um, with Thomas Tuchel being available, I think he obviously just... Um, need, they need Chelsea needed drastic changes because they're obviously... I think they're nearly bottom half of the table, aren't they? I think they're intent. Yeah, that's I think the thing is though, people talk about him spending a lot of money. It feels like they've spent a lot of money, but on players that kind of I don't know how to describe them, but like one season wonders. Yeah. So like, or Werner's Werner's been good for probably two seasons realistically. That you could that you could actually say he's been a baller for probably two years. Kai Havertz, I've I'd never heard of him before he came to Chelsea. Like he had an idea. He was in the Chelsea team, uh, not the Chelsea team, sorry, the German, uh, the Germany team, and I've seen him a few times yeah. play, but I would, I wouldn't say he's a 75 million player. Havertz. Well, yeah, exactly. And, it, and to be fair, one of the main things that has been Lampard's problem that is nothing to do with him is the fact that his 75 million pound or however much is goalkeeper. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, before every game, he just chopped his hands off or something because <laughs> he was dreadful. And I don't like. Unfortunately, that's been his main thing. It's not that he's necessarily managed badly, because no. I don't know. I don't know that he has. You know, you look at like the West Brom game; they go three 0 down. He gets them in the dressing room. They come out three all. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily that he hasn't managed them well. I think it's that part of it is definitely that all of their kind of seasons, or well, bits has have come under Frank Lampard. Yeah. Now, the problem is, is that if Werner scores three goals in the next five games or whatever, under Tuchel, everyone will go, oh, well, see, he was amazing. He's clearly an amazing player. Timo um, Werner, in, I can't remember what game it was, he was on the line with the ball basically in the goal. Yeah, I remember. And mixed. I think and I, I, like, that's nothing to do with manager. That's, yeah, that's just being a, a crap, in, in a crap vein of form. You can't call him a crap footballer because he's, he's clearly not. Well, I think you could arguably say that. I think sometimes Frank's not played. Uh, he's always he seemed to have played Timo Werner at left wing all season when 
I've spoken to a few Chelsea fans I know, and he's a striker. Um, and just apparently not playing players in their correct positions, you know, playing Havertz as a centre mid when he's a, he's clearly, you know, a, a cam or an eight. Um, yeah. And you could you could even say that Ziyech and Havertz could potentially play the same position. I wouldn't, I don't see Ziyech as a right winger. I don't think he's got the pace to be going up and down the wing, uh, beating players. He's got the skill in that, but um, I don't think he can beat him on the wing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I see a lot of people say that Timo Werner kind of he's all right on the left, but he, I think he probably wants to be the left of a two. So you know, like having yeah. like put him on the shoulder of the defenders, and he'll go in and all exactly. uh, behind them every single time. Put a ball over, he'll get to it. You look at like the way like Wolves play, and you look like a Dharma Traore, clearly not a striker. Yeah, but yet you put him up with Jimenez, and all of a sudden. Occasionally, when he does play like that, he just really gets on the shoulder of the defender and he's off, and that's all you need to do with Werner. No. And then I think the problem is because he's not scored. Yeah, I think Chelsea's a weird, a weird club at the minute, to be honest. Because no. it's not like they're a particular; they've not been particularly good for years. Even when people were talking about them being one of the best clubs in England over the past ten years, I think I was I was watching something, and one of the guys said that. In 10 years, Chelsea have won the league twice and competed for it. So kind of been in within a shout three times, three times, yeah. two wins and one not winning. So they've only not won it once. Yeah. So basically, they've been good for three years out of 10. No. Now, obviously, one of those years was the Leicester City year, which is a bit of a... I don't I don't know that you can really judge anyone off that year because that, that year was crazy. You know, you got like Man City were third... And Tottenham somehow came second or whatever it was, and the yeah. league was won by Hazard yeah, and all sorts. Crazy of stuff. game, crazy one there. That's another thing that you probably need to mention with Chelsea is is Hazard. You know, Frank Lampard comes in, and the best player at that time in the league, you could argue, had just left. What, I think that's why he deserves more time because I think last year he definitely over overachieved with the team that they had, especially losing Hazard to then get into the top four, and then I think. You could clearly see that he knows what he's doing a little bit to get Chelsea back into the top four. Yes, they have a semi-decent team, but I think a lot of people were writing Chelsea off to not get top four. And then for him to get it and then just not be given enough time this season to show what he can do um, is why I think he's been let down. It feels... I don't want to say it's disrespectful, but it feels disrespectful, you know what I mean? Well, there was even talk about him... Uh, Chelsea winning the league about a couple of months ago, sort of October, yeah. November time. Chelsea were one of the favorite, well, a potential title winner, and then a couple of weeks down the line, he's 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 gone. I, I do feel bad for him. I, I think, I think to be honest, I think any team below tenth, he'd do really well at. Yeah. I think he'd he, he's one of those people. He's a proper football, you know, he's a proper football bloke. You know what I mean? He yeah. he'd go into he'd go into lower level teams and he'd he'd, he'd get it. You'd get, and and the thing about Frank Lampard that's potentially, I don't know if this is a thing or not. You could argue, I think I think you can make a very good case for it, but then I suppose there's a an equal case that I'll say afterwards. You could argue that some of the players are not necessarily better than he was, because I don't think there's many players that are better that were better than Frank Lampard, and I don't think there will be any that are necessarily. Right. But there's some players in that team that you think could 
get to a level of a Frank Lampard. Now, he won't have done it on purpose, but I don't know if there's maybe a little thing where he's kind of looked and gone, yeah, you know what it is? I don't want to play this person because there's a chance that if they get on form, they're going to have, you know, seasons equivalent to mine. I don't think he would have done that, but you, you never know. But I suppose the, the opposite argument is you look at... I think that could be similar to um, uh, with Real Madrid and Zidane. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you look at Gareth Bale's overtaken... Who, you who, say who, Gareth Bale's had a career than uh, he has. Yeah, well, actually, no. That, that is actually true. Gareth Bale has been better for Real Madrid than almost every Galactico. Like Figo, I'm pretty sure, didn't have as good a, as good a career at Real Madrid than Gareth Bale did, but they all hate him. Same with Modric. Same with most players that have come from anywhere else other than the Galactico. So that's why Ronaldo kind of just got it because he was kind of in that team, kind of not. You know what I mean? He was kind of, he was just as they were coming out and just as he was going in. But yeah, I think Ronaldo, he left Real Madrid at a good time, I think. I, I don't know. I, with, with Chelsea, I, I think he's, I think Frank Lampard could have had more time. I don't think it would have harmed Chelsea yeah. at all. I don't think they would have gone down. Or, you know, obviously they wouldn't have gone down, but I don't think anything bad would have happened. I think they probably still would have been in the shout for top four or Europa League or anything like that. Yeah. And I think all he, all he needs is a little win, you know, like a, a win against Liverpool or a win against a Man City or even a, you know, winning the group in a European stage or some something, you know, beating a good well, team somewhere. Well, he, and it would have. He, he came first in the Champions League group stage, didn't he? They got a, a, a round of 32 against Seville, which oh, yeah. Chelsea. That's, yeah. They won that, I reckon, even with Lampard there. I feel like Frank Lampard's quite a good manager, to be honest. I don't really know what's going on. And yeah. then you look at Thomas Tuchel, and yeah, I think I this, is a, this is a thing to do. Right, Ben, here's, here's a question <laughs> What has Thomas Tuchel done? Um, I mean, exactly. well, <laughs> well, he had the Dortmund job before PSG, and um. Well, I think with Dortmund, you're always in the shadow of Bayern Munich. Um, yeah, if you come second, you've won the league. Yeah, so and he obviously must have done well there to get the PSG job, and then but with PSG, I could probably manage PSG and win the league. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I know. Uh, we win the league. They got Neymar and Mbappe. Just tell them to go play football, and they'll do it. You know, the, you don't need to be tactical geniuses in the French league. Um, yeah, I think because that's that's why you hear certain people talk about Pep Guardiola when he had um, that Barcelona team where it was one of the best Barcelona teams of all time. Yeah. And he only, I think he, what, did he manage to win the Champions League and the league? Which yeah. obviously is the only, the only real things he could win. But it's like, oh yeah, well done. All right. Give him, give the manager's job to a monkey with some crayons. And I imagine it'd probably be the same, the same outcome because they were just that good. But yeah, I mean, I think obviously, he's, he's going to be a good manager. He's obviously quite an experienced bloke. You can see by the way he handles himself in interviews and the way he is on the training ground. He looks, he looks like he, he must know what he's doing. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be a bad thing. No, I guess we'll just have to see how it will be over time how he does at uh, Chelsea. So from one manager to another new manager, um, I guess we have to talk about Wayne Rooney. It'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, he's obviously now become the Derby manager, but I think first of all we have to talk about the legacy of Wayne Rooney and his playing career before we talk about him as a manager. Yeah, well, I mean, you definitely with Wayne Rooney, that's the problem. You can't you can't really talk about what he's done as a manager because he hasn't been one. So all you can really say is from the point of view, right, 
I look at this from two different points of view, really. Is as a Forest fan and as an England fan, as a Forest fan, I want him to fail miserably. But I want him, I <laughs> want him relegated twice in two seasons if possible. But <laughs> realistically, as an England fan and as a fan of, you know, the bloke that scored some of the most memorable goals that we ever would have seen. Granted, there weren't very many, but that we yeah. wouldn't have, that we'd have seen as England fans. You know, you, you, you look at the, I can't remember which World Cups it was, but you look at most World Cups, most Euros, he was he was involved in most of the best moments, most of the goals. I do think, and I'll be interested to see what, hear what you think about this, I do think he played for England a bit too long, do you believe, do you think? Yeah. In a weird, I think probably 2014 in that World Cup, there was no need for him to be there for me. I think we had good enough options up front and in the midfield that maybe, or well, I think you'd, you'd still take, even now, you'd probably still take him just for the, the bloke in the dressing room. But I don't think mm-hmm. he necessarily well, needed to play as much as he did. The 2016 Euro, he, I think he started most games for England. I think that we just had a struggle to replace him at front. I think he's just so good as a player. And I think the lack of good strikers at we've had I think like now there's a f- quite a few good England strikers coming through but I think the burden was just always on Rooney to score and yeah. potentially why he struggled a bit with England because every every tournament it was what can Rooney really do what can he do you know and I think mm. the pressure probably just got to him I think you know the pressure Certainly would towards have- the end yeah. yeah I mean I think the main the main thing with Wayne Rooney as well is obviously he's England's highest ever goal scorer so you can never say that he wasn't good for England no but I think there's there's something to argue about Wayne Rooney that you just think that he he could have done so much more. That's the thing. It's the weirdest thing with Wayne Rooney is you no, look I'm... at it, and the only thing I can think of saying is that he didn't achieve what he should have done. And I look at it, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, that is mental. How can you say he's that? England's <laughs> highest ever goal scorer, so he can't actually do any more. Like he can't be better than anyone else in England, and he won. He's won everything there is to win. But at the same time, I think, again, with Wayne Rooney, realistically, what what you were looking at him to do, certainly when he was younger, is Messi and Ronaldo. And realistically, yeah. he's kind of just under that level. But yeah. I, I think he, he probably helped Ronaldo quite a lot, which I yeah. think is a big factor in why Ronaldo was so good. You, you put him in probably maybe potentially the top 10 players of this decade. Yeah, yeah, actually, let's, let's do that. So first of all, as a striker... Starting off for the Premier League, where do you where do you rank him in terms of all time? Well, all time Premier League strikers. So all, in the last time, twenty years, because um, obviously it's so since it's been the Premier League, not in the Division One and whatever days. Well, I can only probably think of well, it's like Alan Shearer would probably too far back, wouldn't it? No, I think Alan Shearer played kind of Premier League ish. So you can maybe make an argument for Alan from Shearer. when Rooney started. So during yeah. the time that Rooney's been playing for up front as a uh, out of all those strikers, I think if you go too far back, it's probably not the same comparison. But I would probably say Thierry Henry and Sergio Aguero are the only two that I potentially could put above him. Yeah, I think I'd I'd probably agree. Maybe as a striker because the thing is the weird thing in these comparisons is I don't really think of Cristiano Ronaldo 
even though he clearly was the better player of all these players. Obviously, for strikers, yeah. you don't necessarily think about it. But, yeah. you know, he made his, he made his professional debut at, at 16 in, what would it have been? What, he, he was 85, 95. So he would have made it in, like, 2000, 2001. Is that right? Yeah. Around, yeah. around that time. And obviously, every, everyone's seen that first goal. Um against I can't remember who it's against but his first goal for Everton Arsenal was against Arsenal yeah I yeah. thought it was um, yeah you look at that and you look at the player that he was even at 16 at 16 years of age I could barely play football <laughs> and yet <laughs> this guy was probably he was probably the best prospect in the world because obviously Messi wasn't doing much then I don't think he might have been doing similar, but he wasn't doing much. And same with Cristiano Ronaldo, because obviously Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't there before Rooney was there, was he? No, uh, he, yeah, he, I think he was he, a little bit after. I think about an eighteen-year-old or nineteen-year-old when he was born. Yeah, I, I think it still took him a couple of seasons to fully get going. Yeah, but I think I think the main thing with Wayne Rooney is how, how much more could he have done. Here's my question. I think, I think a Ballon d'Or wouldn't have been out of the question for him. Necessarily. Yeah. I think. I mean, you I can't. Think, say, you couldn't have done any more for his club. I don't. He won, He's won everything yeah. with Manchester United. I think yeah, it's just think, England. But then that's just not necessarily down to him. I think. Yeah, that's down to England being crap. I mean, but, like you know. Well, I'm I think not the We should have won. I mean, I think it's just a lack of managers that we've had. The managers that we've had have let us down. Well, I think. I think. The problem is as well is with with England across the midfield you had Scholes, Gerrard, Lampard, kind Beckham. of Rooney, Beckham, Beckham, and you're trying to fit all these players into a midfield. Where actually it probably would have been better to just go, you know, what it is lads. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick one of you on the bench. Yeah. Because I'm not. Imagine a team. You're playing against someone, regardless of who it is, and you're playing. You're playing. You're playing. Playing. Sixty minutes comes along, and for the last thirty minutes. Steven Gerrard comes on the pitch or Frank Lampard comes on the pitch. It doesn't matter what team you are, you're going to look at him and it's going to be it's going to be hard. You know what I mean? So well, it's like they, I think with that team, they Beckham would have been right wing and one of those central midfielders would have been playing left wing. Where well, I think I think from what I can remember, it was Skulls, which is such a weird player to put left wing. <laughs> All three of them are so good that you need them in centre midfield. Well, the only thing I can think of, it reminds me a little bit of Man United at the minute. I know we're going to talk about Man United a little bit later, but yeah. Man United at the minute play what Pogba, Fred, McTominay, Matic, Fernandez, sometimes all in the same team. Sometimes, obviously, sometimes not. They're all players that play in the middle of the pitch. We don't have anyone. Rashford, maybe Martial, are the only players that can. Well, you've got three players that play on the wings and about seven that play in midfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I wouldn't have Greenwood as Greenwood obviously does play right wing, but it's not where he's going to end up. And um, we literally just don't have a, a right winger. And you end up playing Paul Pogba there, who doesn't want to trap that because he's a he's a central midfielder, and that links to England. Well, I think I think the thing is with um, with Wayne Rooney and with what he did at England, most of it was down to management. Yeah, you know, England managers in the past were crap. I, yeah, you look at the England managers we have and ha- we we have now and have had. There's well, not been an England been... manager that I can think of since probably like. Bobby Robson, which was like in the 80s, I wasn't even alive. No. But he's the only one I can think of that had managed a top level club and then managed England. 
Well, he just, we, we had Roy, Roy Hodgson, didn't we? That was a yeah. But again, he he wasn't that great for who he who he managed. Obviously, he's managed before. Yeah, but uh, like, there it was just felt uh, like. Seven, Wayne Rooney was shoehorned in. Wayne Rooney, it felt like Wayne Rooney was shoehorned into a position because they wanted to play other players in the position that Wayne Rooney should have been in. And because Wayne Rooney will do anything for whatever club he's at, he just said yes. Yeah. Regardless of w- what he I, wanted. I think that's also a potential reason for why he didn't do as much as he could because he, he was more of a team player than himself. Like Rooney could have easily had well so many more goals if if he hadn't have, like Man United if he hadn't have gone back and let Ronaldo you know become as good as he was and um, you know he always run uh, tracking back defending letting Ronaldo just stay up top and I think that was the same for England. Mm. I think to be fair to him as well, you know when when you look at him and when when you see him whether he was playing for United he didn't he never looked like a player who wanted to be sent he, he was the centre of attention yeah. he never looked like he was that bothered so when Ronaldo came along it was probably good for him yeah. just to kind of be that guy that no one really thinks about too much obviously they know you're a baller but no one really thinks about it too much until you're six yards out with an open net and all of a sudden you've scored and it's like oh yeah he's playing as well because obviously with especially with having Ronaldo if you're a defence, if you've got a, four, a two-man, two-man centre-back partnership, you need two men to mark Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> so then all of a sudden, Wayne Rooney's being marked by probably a full-back or a midfielder. They're not going to touch him. He's, he's obviously going to be good enough to get around him, and he was. And, you know, he's, is he, he's Man United's top goal scorer. Is he that is. a thing? Yeah. yeah. God, I can't believe I don't know that. <laughs> no, but no. Um, I'm pretty sure he is. But, um, oh, he is. Yeah. I think, again, I don't know how you can talk. I think part of it, if we're being honest, is because his name is Wayne. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he was if he was Jane Rune from Argentina, he'd probably go down as one of the best players ever to play in the Premier League. But because he's not, um, I think that's... And, you know, obviously, the, I don't want to talk about the looks of a football player, but he's not the best-looking bloke in the world. No. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, there's stuff yeah, exactly. There's stuff as well in his past and stuff that you don't want to talk about. But yeah. little things like that have probably slightly tarnished tarnished him a little bit. But in terms of, so I think we can just say probably well, third best striker. He's the best player I've ever seen, and I've been I've watched him. Uh, I've been to Old Trafford um, numerous of times, not loads, but you know, not barely at all. And I I would say he's the best player I've ever seen. Even, so obviously, he's played for Derby quite recently. It's a big rivalry for me. And even against Forrest, you look at the way, it's not necessarily what he does. He's not even necessarily on the ball. It's what he does off it. You know, yeah. he'll, just, he'll just drop like a couple of yards and everyone else will be following the game. And he'll just look at it and go, oh, I see this. He'll pick up the ball, just spray a pass. This is a striker. A guy uh-huh. that for probably 20, 25 years was trained just to kick the ball really hard from about 10 yards out into the goal. And yet you're watching him play for Derby as a bloke. He's not, you know, he's not, the, he's not the thinnest of blokes, is he? And he's no. literally covering every blade of grass, spraying balls everywhere. You've got like players like Martin Waggle on the wings, Tom Lawrence on the wing, Tom Lawrence on the wings. All these guys just, the ball just comes to their feet. They don't have to do anything. It's like, it was, it was incredible to watch, but at the same time, it is also quite sad 
that Wayne mm. Rooney has to has to play for Derby because he's easily good enough to get in most bottom, certainly bottom Premier League teams. Like Newcastle, yeah. Wayne Rooney would be the best player of that team by far. Well, I he think would be the best. I right. think due to his, the fact that he, he's been playing football for so long and he's just peaked so early that he's you, he's only 34, 35, I want to say. Yeah, he's that's a, what I mean. He's arguably <laughs> quite young, but I think just the pressure of him playing so young got to him and he just had a longer career than most people will have, probably starting at like 25 years old or whenever. Yeah, that's that's the thing as well. You talk about players mostly will retire about 35 35 to 38, I think, is around the time that most players will retire. Yeah. Wayne Rooney played from 16. Most players play from 18 to 20. So if you're retiring at 38, that's 18 years. So with Wayne Rooney, you should have really been retiring at you know, 32, 34 kind of thing, obviously, like he has. So, I mean, he's just been incredible. And it is a shame to see him yeah. kind of fall from grace and, and be a manager of a team that's the bottom of the championship. But in terms of going forward, Derby have looked... They've actually looked okay. I hate saying it, kind of Forest fan, but Derby have looked pretty good. Um, not necessarily that you can tell a lot because he's only been there a couple of weeks, but he's been obviously he worked with Philip Koku, the previous manager, um, and he obviously had some kind of input. And obviously he's been to he's been to America, so he's seen styles of football over there. So he knows he obviously knows quite a lot about the game. Yeah, he's obviously a bit of a student of the game, as was. Frank Lampard, to be honest, as was people like Gary Neville, or right, I didn't work out too well for him. Well, even Steve kind of, yeah, well, yeah, oh, Stephen Jarrett, what a, what what a job he's doing. That is incredible, to be fair. I know it's the Scottish League and it's it's not quite as high level as the Premier League, but he, he'll be Liverpool manager in the next two or three years. I, I think you can pretty much guarantee it. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see a reason for him not to be, you know, and especially in two or three years most of the people that he would have played with will have gone and most of the people who would have watched him growing up will be there. In, in, yeah. What do you think about this whole sort of past players being becoming managers? I mean, it's already happening. You know what, what I mean? Like every manager is a past player. It's just a fact. Like, well, I mean, yeah, Klopp, was... you know, the best managers aren't always the best players. I think that's fair. You look at that, if you look at Man United at the moment, Arsenal, they've got Ole, Arteta, you know, Lampard being at Chelsea, Gerard potentially being at Liverpool in a couple of years, you know, Man City will probably get Vieira. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting thing, but you look at even like Steve Bruce, uh, Chris Hutton, linking it back to Forrest. Yeah. Uh, it, most of the managers in the Premier League, Sam Allardyce was a player, I think, back in the day, I don't know who he played for. I'm not particularly knowledgeable on all that, but Klopp was a pretty okay player he wasn't amazing Pep was a Pep was a good player yeah, oh yeah Pep well yeah Pep and Zidane and people are I think people talk about this managers taking up jobs like this like it's a new thing I think the new thing about it is that managers are so young and taking yeah. up these jobs I think that's the key thing it's not necessarily that managers of you know players are taking jobs I think it's it's because it's, it's like a wave in it so what's happening is there's the old group of managers who are now all getting old and like you know Ancelotti looks like he's about to kill over any day you know what I mean <laughs> and um, uh, actually no he does look quite good anyway, um, Ancelotti uh, Pep-ish he's kind of part of the new wave like David Moyes Roy Hodgson all these kind of managers are all going on yeah so now these new managers are having to come up young but then what's going to happen is you're going to get the perfect mix of experience and 
kind of youthfulness, if you like, in people like Steven Gerrard, who kind of swallow their pride and go, well, I'm not good enough for the Premier League yet. And even Wayne Rooney, he's not—he's clearly not going to be a good enough manager for the Premier League. No, so he just goes no. down to Derby. Same with Frank Lampard, goes down to Derby. Just takes take take your time, take four years, take five years. Pep wasn't a, an amazing manager straight away. No, but he had. I think the difference with Pep is he had the resources. He had Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, all these players. So I think he was able to convey his message a lot easier. Because I do I do tennis coaching. It's a lot easier to coach better players than it yep. is to coach the ones who aren't as good. So Pep's yep. obviously been able to practice teaching things. And if what he's teaching is working for the better players, it's going to work overall. But that's why with Man City, they can't win with players that aren't the elite. Right. Like, was that the, the, his first season where he had Zabaleta and uh, I don't know who his other fullback was, but they could just not do the job that he wanted them to do. That's why he bought Walker, Mendy, Cancelo, all these fullbacks that can do what he wants. And you can quite clearly see now that they're doing what he wants and it's working for him. I think, to be honest, to, to summarise Wayne Rooney, because we don't want to talk about him forever, because otherwise we're going to be here so it gets dark. But I think, I think with Wayne Rooney, he's got a very... He's in a very sticky situation at the minute, and I think that's good. I think it's good to put managers into a situation where they'll probably never experience it again, but it'd be a good piece of experience if they do. Um, so I think it's good for him to be at Derby. Um, looking at the competition around him, I wouldn't even say that they're necessarily completely out of it yet. I mean, Forrester, we're not in the best vein of form at the minute, and all the teams on the top. Are, so, you know, the championship's such a crazy division. Yeah. Just because you're in the bottom half or the bottom of the league in, you know, December January doesn't mean that's going to work. Going to be where you end up. And I think yeah. just to kind of finish on this point, you look at Gre- uh, Greedish, you look at Aston Villa. They were bottom half when uh, what's his name? I've just literally just said his name. The manager before the manager who the manager before their current manager, the what? Newcastle manager, uh, Steve. Steve Bruce. So when Steve Bruce left, they were bottom half of the table. They were awful. Like we yeah. played against him when he was in charge and we got a five-all draw. Their defence was shocking and it wasn't that much different to what it was today or what well, it is he, today. Yeah, I knew Farsal playing and I don't know how he's still in the job, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you go on forever about people like Steve Bruce, but you look at when Dean Smith came in, they were bottom half of the league. They went all the way back up. I remember I went to watch them um, at the city ground. It was a week, a week. I think it was a Wednesday night game, and I was sat there basically on the halfway line in the Brian Clough stand. And I was sat basically on halfway, and it was Jack Grealish was playing, John McGinn was playing, uh, who else was there? Like Conor Horahan, all these guys. And genuinely, just watching Jack Grealish and John McGinn play was mesmerising. It was incredible. Like, just watching them just like whip it around, pass it around, and then just go, 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 go. And it was like, they beat us 3-1. I think it's the only time I've ever come out of a ground and I've kind of enjoyed watching Forrest get battered 3-1. <laughs> because well, they I mean, were, it was so good to watch. I can't remember actually if Jack Grealish did play in that game for long or if he came on as a sub. I feel like he played. But well, I mean, definitely John McGinn, John McGinn was unreal that day. You can, see how, um, you can see how they are now, they're, you know, they're, how they're performing in the Premier League. They're obviously just, you know, they've got a good manager that's 
Um, obviously, you know, helping them out. And they've obviously, you know, got good players within Grealish, John McGinn, Tyro Mins, Ollie Watkins, obviously, he's come from the Championship as well and doing well in the Premier League. That's the thing, that's the thing with Villa as well, is the, um, so we can kind of, we'll move it into the transfer talk a little bit by talking about Villa. Yeah. Um, I think the, their recruitment process has been really, really good. Because I don't think they've necessarily gone for players that are, are not obvious players to pick. But I think by keeping Jack Grealish and by Dean Smith knowing what he's going to do and the board backing him, they're able to bring in these little 20 million, 15 million, these type of players where you can just bring them in. No one really notices. And then all of a sudden, they're wicked players. Yeah. But Ollie, Ollie Watkins for Brentford last year, Again, it's one of these players where I've just I enjoyed watching him. He never he never scored against Forest, as far as I can remember. But he was even when you watch him, whether it's not against Forest, he, he was just so good. And yeah. the same with obviously, uh, well, I'll, I'll do my section on the Matty Cash for now. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't understand how people aren't talking about him in the England conversation. But I really, I really don't get it. I think you look at England have got too many good buybacks for Matty Cash to be yeah, trying to get it. I mean, people are talking about Tyreek, that Lamptey lad. I'm not being funny. Brighton are in, what, 16th? <laughs> Villa have been flying. Matty Cash has been one of the best right backs in the world. Not just in the league, in the world. He's been better than Trent. Don't quote me on that. I think he's been statistically <laughs> better than Trent and Reese James. That's and all these Dons who are getting places. But because he plays for Aston Villa. And because Grealish is the only Aston, Grealish and Mings are the only Aston Villa players that will ever get a spot, he doesn't play. But honestly, he he deserves the call. I'm telling you, he deserves the call up. He is good enough. I don't think he'd start over Trent, but I feel like he should he should be on the plane. He should be on. Anyway, that's irrelevant to transfer talk. So going on to like kind of keeping on the Premier League because you know it's clearly what we're here for. Um, <laughs> I would I would say transfers, but there haven't really been that many. Obviously, uh, we'll probably keep doing this kind of segment in the podcast as we go on. Yeah. But just for now, there hasn't really been any. You look at obviously you can look at the start of the season if you want. Um, it's not really much point, is there? <laughs> I mean, there's not been masses of movement. With this whole pandemic thing, there's not been many transfers, as there really? Every you know, not many yeah. people. I, th- I think that, I think that's been good. It's been good yeah. that there's only been a few bits here and there. Obviously, Forest have just signed. I can't remember how to say his name, uh, but a West Brom player. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll be butchering it, but he's 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 from West Brom. Um, right. He's kind of the same type of player as um, as Knockout. I'll just get his name up now, so I can I can try and not butcher it. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 kind of that same kind of player as Anthony Knockout. Uh, very Philip Kravinovic. That's how you say it. Um, he's supposed to be quite good he's supposed to be quite creative which is one of the things we need at the moment but other than that I have no idea what he's like um, mm. but yeah I mean there hasn't like you say there hasn't been that much I suppose the, the one the big one to talk about is Odegaard to Arsenal no it's true uh, no, it's, what, what, what do any... you think about that? I think that's a good sign for Arsenal um, obviously it's only on a loan deal um, I don't know if Real Madrid are interested in keeping him at the end of the season if he performs well at, um, Arsenal, but I think um, I think it, I think Odegaard's just potentially waiting for the manager to leave Real Madrid. Cause I think he's um, you remember Luka Luka Jovic? Jovic, yeah. 
he played for Frankfurt and he moved to Real Madrid for big money and he just didn't get any game time and he moved back on loan literally this window and he scored, I think, two in his first game. No, I, think, I think that's the problem with them having having people like uh, the Galacticos in there is that if you've got a player who's going to need a bit of time, yeah. what, they've, they've got rid of Jovic, who's clearly a good player, and brought in Hazard in, mm-hmm. in a way. Obviously, they're not directly linked, but you know what I mean? They've, they've brought Hazard in for 100 mil or whatever it was, and then also got Jovic, but then not played Jovic, even though he's clearly not going to be as injury-prone because he's younger. He's going to have a bit more whip about him. I don't know. Real Madrid are a bit of a weird team, to be honest. Even just talking about them now, I, I don't really get it, to be honest. Like Benzema's still playing. He's, he must be about 95. I don't, no, to be fair, Benzema's getting better. Uh, better like, fine, uh, he's, like wine. <laughs> You're about to say a fine <laughs> wine, weren't you? I love that. Yeah. That's he's playing quite well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Odegaard to, to Arsenal will be a good signing. I've got no yeah, doubt. Yeah. You know, it's young player, young manager. It's just going to be Arsenal are going to be quite exciting for the rest of the season. I've got a good feeling. Well, but yeah. he, was one, he was one of the best players in the La Liga uh, last season. I think he was in the top five for assists or chance creation. Like he was beyond obviously Messi, I think Santi Cazorla, and a few other players. So he's obviously a good player. He's just I don't think he's just he's obviously not just not being given the chance at Real Madrid. And Arsenal come in and kind of give him game time and see how he does. I was thinking I about watch. him in my FPL team. Yeah, I had the same. I was thinking, uh, to be fair, my FPL team's on the ropes. I think that's a good time to tra- transition, isn't it? Um, FPL, uh, how are you enjoying it, Ben? Um, I'm enjoying it well this season. Uh, obviously, we're in the same league. Um, I think I'm, I'm second out of five of us, aren't I? Yeah, I won't talk about where I am. Obviously, I think I had a really poor start to the season, and I've I've, um, I've uh, been coming back into it. And I think I've been, I think, I think I've won a last the last couple of game weeks. Um, I think you probably have. I think I've been choosing players quite well. Um, I had a really, uh, last week was double game week, and I chose Antonio as cap, uh, my captain, and that really paid off for me. Yeah, we won't talk about last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think to be fair, the, the good thing about this this season's FPL is that because so many, for want of a better word, so many lesser clubs are doing so much better. Yeah, it's actually quite because you can, for example, just looking at my team now, I've got uh, in my I did a wild card this week. In my team now, I've got players like like Jack Grealish, uh, Creswell for West Ham deserves an honourable honourable mention. He's been really yeah. good. Again, like Antonio, also for West Ham. Uh, Madison, again, he, he was always going to be good. And same with Grealish. They were always going to be good, but quite how good they've been is amazing. You know, obviously, Martinez, who has been easily the signing of the Premier League this year, yeah. for, for yeah. absolute definite. I guess one one lad that I'm, I'm quite interested in, I brought him in quite a few times to the FBL team. He survived quite, I think he survived my wild card this week, is Wesley Fofana for Leicester. Yeah, he's been a very good player this season. Mm, he looks like he's, not what the word is, but he looks like he's kind of ahead of the game. He reads the game very well. Yeah, um, he's very, very mature for his age. I think he's only, I want to say, 20 years old. I think he's, yeah, I think he might be younger than us, which is... Uh, which is... Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> we're here making a podcast and he's you know playing for the SSA. Yeah, we're making a podcast that potentially only me and you are listening to. <laughs> Uh, if you are listening right now, so it would be a good time to tell you to uh, 
follow whatever social media this is on. We haven't quite figured that out yet. Uh, you might not even hear this, so it might just be me and BBK that hear it. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I think it has been quite interesting because you can get quite a lot for your money in this year's FPL. Yeah, yeah you look at you look at the price of most players that are doing well, like Cresswell is always going to be my example. Costs five and a half mil for a defender, which is not really that much, considering like Van Dijk and Trent and all them lot are, what, seven mil-ish? Well, I think. You can look at um, Gundogan. Uh, Another one, yeah. He's been, he's been, I think he scored seven goals in his last eight or nine games, and he's only 5.5 mil for a midfielder when there's, you know, Bruno, Salah, all 10 mil onwards. I think that's how you win the game is with the different differentials. I think most people, you know, have Salah, Fernandez, Kane, Cern, all those players. I think it's the other players that you have the differentials, you know, like the Antonio, Cresswell. You could probably put Grealish in it, but I think a lot of people have Grealish, you know. Bamford potentially could be another. Um, but he's, he's gone off the ball a little bit lately. Um, and I think that, that I've got, you know, Saka. Yeah, again, just just little ones like that where it's like five mil, six mil. Yeah, like you got me first. The week just gone. Because well, uh, Salah, I think Salah, Bruno, Son, Kane, all blunt this weekend, didn't they? Uh, this week just gone. Mm. None of them scored or got assists or anything. I think you know when like Cancelo getting seventeen points a goal and an assist as a defender. No, it's 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 been good. I mean, I think it'll be quite interesting to keep. Obviously, if we do this every week or every couple of weeks, it'll be interesting to keep looking through our, our fantasy Premier League at the minute. Um, yeah. So just for reference, uh, for now, I'm on 1,033 points. You're on 1,002. 1,102. Right? Okay. I think. That's what it says in my league. I don't know about yours. Yeah, I know it's the same, yeah. Yeah, cause I got 56 points this week. I know that. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see how we do. Obviously, this week... Um, well, with this second one, we can always talk about the sort of on-form players as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I think that's potentially talking about what transfers we're going to make. I've made yeah. my transfer this week. I did not realise that. Who did I bring in? To be fair, I've gone ham this week. I've I've done. I took a free hit. I have. I had a few players that were playing against each other, and I think I've got three West Ham players that were playing Liverpool, and I weren't really feeling that. So I did literally a free here, and I basically just bought three Manchester City players, three Chelsea players, three Everton players, just because they've all got uh, good fixtures this weekend. Like Man City against Sheffield United, guaranteed points. Chelsea against Burnley, I'm hoping it's potential points. Uh, and then you know Leicester are playing Leeds, and Everton are playing Newcastle. Yeah, I mean I've pretty much gone. I've kind of gone for the same thing. So I got rid of... Uh, I, I, I bought Gundogan for this week, I must say. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I bought I bought Fabio Silva in. And oh, yeah. I think... Who, who did nothing. He didn't even get picked last week. That's <laughs> um, and I I think I got rid of Van Arnholt. Uh, okay. That's, did I get rid of Van Arnholt? Yeah. So, yeah, I got rid of Van Arnholt. And I got rid of Ollie Watkins... Because obviously I did my what? Uh, I can't remember. But basically, I've bought in Diaz, Cancelo, and Foden. Uh, Foden because he's cheap and bags, so there's no point not having him at least somewhere in the team. Diaz and Cancelo because it's probably like you say a guaranteed clean sheet. I've got Wan Bissaka for some reason is my captain. I'm not really sure <laughs> about that. Uh, probably going to change that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting because I think Sheffield United now aren't necessarily guaranteed. They're not. I don't think they're guaranteed to lose badly. More specifically, I don't think they're guaranteed to not score now. I, I think, think it might be. Game, I think when the United game against this, uh, Sheffield United this weekend, I've been that potentially might have just been a fluke. I think when they play Man City this weekend, I can just see Man City crashing them, to be honest. They're that good. And well, we can... I think it's probably it's probably time to move on to, to Man United, being as much as that's your team. Yeah, uh, that is my... <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Um, I think we just had a bit of... The steam just balled out, if you understand what I mean. I think... Um, Shepherd United just came to Old Trafford. They defended really well. They got the goal very early and then just sat. And then, well, uh, somehow managed to get a second one. Even after we scored to make it 1 0, I thought we would have just gone all out. But no, they got another one with some poor defending from us and just managed to hold out for the win. I mean, if you look at Ollie Turk's shot, it wasn't even a good shot. No. Well, yeah, that's a Forest graduate. He's an academy graduate for Forest. I'd love to tell you. That you know, he's that's obviously a great shot. It's obviously trained, you know, really well at Forest and whatever. But that was it was crap. No, it was. just lucky deflection. I think I think there was a, a slight bit of you know. You look at their first goal, the whole Billy Sharp on De Gea thing. I'm not sure yeah, how much of that, how uh, much of that I actually believe in terms of how much that was actually hindering him. But well, no, because it was a bit weird. Because there was a um, there was a Harry Maguire did the same well I mean, he, he looked like he did less where he didn't actually touch, touch Ramsdale but Ramsdale's dropped the ball and uh, Martial scored but it was disallowed but then Billy Sharp was went into the hay and they just and it wasn't a foul and there just didn't seem, didn't seem to be any consistency with the referee and I think well I think that's always going to be a problem and I think uh, Man United this season I think when they got beaten 6-1 by Spurs all the way back you'd have said Spurs are going to win the league or Spurs are going to do quite well Man United probably not yeah. If you look at it now, I think Ollie's done an exceptional despite the fact he's lost to Sheffield United, you, you say that way, he's done an exceptional job. Yeah. You know, he's brought in a play, a big player like Cavani, who you'd think someone like Ollie Gonzalez Solskjaer, his characteristics. Cavani's he's very exactly. he's a very mild mannered man. Yeah. And I I can imagine it being quite difficult to manage someone like Cavani. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's interesting the way that dynamic must have worked. Obviously, he was obviously a good player. So it's obviously, and I think he's just old enough that Cavani would have seen him when he was younger. Um, yeah. I think what you just said just then, if I heard it right, is Cavani should be playing. I think that's that's a given now. He should. Cavani, for me, starts every single game without fail. I don't I don't understand why he wouldn't. Yeah. I love Mason Greenwood. I think it's, it's brilliant for England that he's playing, but he's not good enough. At the minute, in terms of his decision making, just well, I, was, I was thinking more potentially Martial not being in the team. In him really? Out. Yeah, I, I'd still play Greenwood. I think we need a right winger, and so you obviously have Cavani up top, and then obviously if you were keeping Martial, you'd have Martial left wing, Cavani, uh, Rashford right wing, but Rashford's so much better on the left, and I'd just play Greenwood because I I'd say that Mason Greenwood is probably the best finisher in the United team. Oh yeah, you hear this all the time and at the start I didn't actually quite understand what people were on about, like Mason Green was the best finisher in a team with Cavani in it, like what, what? But then you actually look at, you look at the way Mason Greenwood strikes the ball uh, and you look at how he finishes, oh mate, he's, he's a better finisher than Timo Werner and Timo Werner costs 
60 million, as we said earlier, you know what I mean? So, it is oh, against Liverpool. No, I didn't actually. Uh, oh, no, I think I did actually, tell a lie. Um, I, can't remember, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I remember it. I think it was. He chested it and just slotted it straight in with Robertson screaming behind him. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I do remember that. I mean, that again, against the keeper, like, Alisson was in goal, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, against the keeper, like, Alisson with Robertson, like you say, screaming down his throat. <laughs> he literally does to, to, to finish that, I'd have turned around to him and just screamed straight back at him and just, <laughs> you know what I mean, giving it the big time. But I think Mason Greenwood, he looks... I think he's been really unlucky. Well, not unlucky. He's obviously, we won't talk about it, but he's obviously got himself into a bit of a sticky situation yeah. regarding... Um, Iceland, we'll say, yeah. um, and I think that's kind of been a bit of a bit of a downfall for him. I feel like he, he was kind of left a bit out to dry by everyone. You know, he's doing interviews at his age. Obviously, he's not that much younger or older than us. Yeah. But you know, for something like that to happen to a young player, he—I don't want to use the excuse he's a footballer. They do stupid things because that's not really on, is it? You know, I'm a. I do maths at university. Does that mean I'm not allowed to do stupid stuff? No, of course it doesn't. Just because he's a footballer doesn't give him the right to break, you know, the rules of of lockdown in a country. You know, there's how many thousands of people live in Iceland, hundreds of thousands of people. They're all obeying the rules except Mason Greenwood. Well, that's not really, really fair, especially since he's visiting. But I yeah. mean, I think because of that, he was probably left out a bit more just for him, just to keep him out of the limelight a little bit and let it all die down and then let him concentrate on playing his football. Um, I think you can, I can't but he's just, I think it's all gone over, he's just playing some football now and getting back to being good. And obviously, I've, I've heard, I don't know if it's what the exact specifics are, but he's had, I think, problems in his personal life. Yeah, um, I believe one of his best mates died. Yeah, I've, I heard something. I don't, yeah, I don't want to obviously say whatever it was, but there's, there's something, you can probably Google it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I, I don't know. I feel like he's such a good player, and I think Ollie was very correct in leaving him out whilst everything was kind of going wrong. Because the last thing you want him doing is having loads of trouble off the pitch. Then say he starts struggling in form on it. Well, then all of a sudden his his whole life is just a struggle, and he's yeah. not going to be able to focus on his football. You know, he's he's probably not going to play as well, and he's probably just going to go down the route of. You know, kind of like a Jesse Lingard type route, which is probably a good good segue to talk about him, I guess. No, I'll say more uh, with Al Morrison. Yeah, just, you know, those players who didn't quite quite make it into the team, and I think with Mason Greenwood, he's far too good, you know, to, think, to not be... that he could be one of the best players for Manchester United and that he needs to fulfil his potential. Well, in, in him and Marcus Rashford, I know Rashford's a bit older, but in him and Marcus Rashford, there is there's two players there that could easily be the best two English strikers, just behind Harry Kane, Wayne Rooney, Alan Shearer, that kind of thing. Yeah, I and mean, they could be for the next ten years, and we've got that's half and line sorted. Well, that, that's the thing as well is, you know, with things like that, if you don't, so a, a Greenwood or a Rashford in five years will probably cost you seventy mil, eighty mil, something like that. Yeah. So. Combined, they're roughly 160 mil. I'm not saying they are that much, but for the sake of the argument. So that means rather than paying that much for those two, you can, say, spend 100 million pounds on a striker, knowing that, A, you've still got two good players who can play as a striker if it doesn't work, 
and that you've got an extra 60 million to invest wherever else you want. Mm. If you know what I mean? I think it's, I think it, it, assuming they're managed right, and I think assuming Oli Gunnar Solskjaer stays there for a lot longer, I think they're going to be, they're going to be two serious, serious players. Yeah. Um, I suppose, I I think that does kind of link on to Jesse Lingard because I think, so obviously, for those who don't know, he's just been, he's just, I think as of yesterday, signed for West Ham yeah. uh, on loan for the rest of the season. I think it's a brilliant move for West Ham. It's a brilliant move for Jesse Lingard. It's a brilliant it move for Manchester United. It's a brilliant move for everyone. Um, I can't really see how it goes wrong. Obviously, West Ham just signed Ben Rama, so it'd be good for, again, both the players to feed off each other. I think he'll fit in quite well, whether it's in the 10, whether it's out wide, whether it's in the midfield dropping back a little bit. He's... I think he's a phenomenal player who's just been, again, quite unlucky with his personal life. And also, Man United decided to bring in Bruno Fernandes. I think that's the that's the main thing that's kind of stumped him. Yeah, speaking of West Ham, they're, they're building a very good young team. I mean, they've got a bit of a dynasty going on, haven't they? You know what I mean? yeah. It's crazy. Uh, with, you know, with Declan Rice and Suchek in the middle, and, you know, they've got Bonals, uh, Bowen... Potentially Lingard, uh, Benarama, Antonio leading the line. They're, they're building a good team. Mm. And obviously, we've, we've mentioned a minute ago, but like Aaron Cresswell turning yes. the fullback, the fullback or centre back. That's the key thing. The fullback or centre back of dreams. He's he's, he's he's been phenomenal. I I can't see I can't see how West West Ham don't get at least top eight, seven or eight, which for West Ham is. That is good. Think about if you could think of six top teams, you'd go Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you're seventh out of them, that's you know that's good company to be in. And assuming that's how it ends up, you know, you could West Ham could quite easily be in the Champions League next season. There's every every chance you got. Where West Ham fans wanted them to be, I think they they've just sort of you know been too close to the relegation zone. They should be. You know, sort of the the best best of the rest, if you know what I mean. Mm. I think as well, what a lot of people underestimate is West Ham's start. I think yeah. the fact that they've had such a fast start and they've just got on like gone with winning games quickly means that now there's literally no pressure on the team because no. West Ham fans aren't going, yeah, we're going in Europe or we're going to win the league. They're just like, yeah, it, we're in the league, yeah, great. So let's just stay like this. So. West Ham now could lose loads of games and still finish higher than you know some of their highest ever finishes. Well, yeah, cause I watched an interview of Antonio and he was talking about like sort of the point. I think they were, I don't know, they only got just over forty points last season for the whole season, and they're nearly they're like ten points off that now. Mate, it's crazy. It's crazy. I think David Moyes. I don't yeah. want to say. I don't want to necessarily say that he is a good manager. Well, he obviously is. Yeah. I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson suggested him. And Sir Alex Ferguson is easily the greatest manager the Premier League's ever seen. Yeah. So I don't know that he is a bad manager. I think if Man United, Alex Ferguson left that team in such a shambles that realistically he didn't have much chance unless he signed, uh, you know, pretty much a whole new team. He had good players, but he, they weren't, you know, some of them were past their prime. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I think with David Moyes, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what he does for the rest of the season. Yeah. I think West Ham chat might be, or just London team chat might come a become a key feature of the of, of this podcast in the future. 
We're in. I think we're in for a good uh, rest of the second half of the season. I, I definitely agree. And mm-hmm. the weird thing, the weird thing that's not happened yet, I don't know why, is that Villa, West Ham, Leicester, kind of, but not really. All those teams, Southampton, all those teams that aren't quite up there, they haven't dropped off yet. No. And I don't know why. <laughs> like they're losing occasional games, but they're also yeah. going to like what. Villa lost, was it 1-0 to City? 1-0, uh, 2-0, yeah. something like that? I, think that was, I watched that game, that was a really good game. I think Villa were very unlucky to not have got anything from that game. Mm. There was that whole high goal, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, with Ollie Watkins. No, with um, Rodri. Um, oh, yeah, of course, it was only the other day, wasn't it? When Tyler Wins, he apparently... Yeah. He deliberately played the ball, so then he wasn't offside or whatever. Oh, I, I, mate, I think we leave that chat for another time. Yeah, I well, don't think we've got enough time to talk about. I'll be next week. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think West Ham is definitely an interesting project. It's an interesting team to to look at and watch for the rest of the season. You know, I think the football. Everyone's just looking. I think the football is just is a good uh, release for everyone, and I think we're all thankful that it's on. Um, we're all able to watch it. Okay, just a, a point to kind of finish on. Is it because there's no fans that it's so good? I think it just relieves the pressure of some players. I think. I think that's why you could like West Ham. I think that's why West Ham are playing so well this season. Mm. Especially, don't I don't think it's necessarily this season. I think it's more last season. I think because they were so bad. But they've got no fans in the stadium, so actually, if they lose, if they lose one nil to a team last season, because it's been going so bad, they're getting booed, whatever. Because if they lose one, okay. if they lose one nil to a mid-table team last season, that's a fairly okay result. You wouldn't mind it. No. So I think now what's effectively happened is they've gone through a really bad spell, but still been encouraged. They've bought in good players, and now actually they're playing like they should be with no stress. So even if the fans came back in, it they'd probably be all right. I think. I think just West Ham. I think they expect a lot. They're so they're sort of similar to Newcastle fans. I think they both expect a lot of their teams, and the last couple of years they're not performed to the expectation of the fans. Um, which is why I think it. That's why I thought it'd be easier for this season for Newcastle to be better, because you know you know what it's like to go to St James's and they all boo. You know Newcastle fans what they're like. Yeah. Um, I just think, to be honest, I think Newcastle are too bad to be a Premier League team for another year. I think uh, Sheffield United, if they pull a comeback, Newcastle are down. I think Newcastle are awful. Even you know, Carl Darlow is the reason that they're not down I, already. I've actually been one of the goalkeepers of the season. Again, oh, that Carl Darlow, even when he was at Forest, he wasn't this good. But I'd never, I've never seen him play like this. He's incredible. Uh, just even again we talked about FPL earlier he's what the cheapest goalkeeper you can buy on FPL I think one of the cheapest goalkeepers you can buy yeah amazing he's cheaper than Dubravka and Dubravka doesn't play <laughs> Dubravka I think it's Dubravka yeah Dubravka he got an injury didn't he and Darlow's obviously stepped up yeah, yeah mate, he's incredible yeah, I think bringing in Callum Wilson was the right idea bringing in Andy Carroll wasn't um, <laughs> I think we'll wrap this up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to talk about Forest, but to be honest, 
I don't, I don't really want to. Um, I think yeah, we're going to make a weekly podcast, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly try. I mean, obviously, work and uni work for me, pending. We'll try and make this a weekly thing. Uh, if you do enjoy it and do want more, um, subscribe or like or whatever, we end up putting this on. Um, I think this will most likely be maybe YouTube. It'll be YouTube. I think I'll try and get it on Spotify and Apple Music if I can. I don't quite know how that works yet. We'll figure that um, out. But we'll uh, probably we'll probably figure it out and just get it get it somewhere for now and just get people watching, see if it's interesting. If, we'll share if it. it's not if it's not and we're only talking to ourselves, then brilliant. If not, then not. We'll just see how it goes. It's something to do on a Friday, isn't it? Yeah, I think we'll just uh I think we'll just end back up and say thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to anyone who has listened, uh if you've made it this far. Um <laughs> hope we haven't hope we haven't uh you know, disinterested people. If you do have any opinions on what we've talked about, uh, obviously feel free to comment and message us. Uh, our socials are probably being. We'd always like for people to come on the show. Obviously, yeah. If you if you're someone that we either know or don't know, and you're into kind of uh, football, football YouTube or football podcast or whatever, whoever you are, if you're someone and you just want a little bit, obviously. I'm saying it like it's a good opportunity, but realistically, we might have five views on this. Um, but, you know, if, if people do want to come on, help us out a little bit, that'll be amazing. Um, but we'll be back same time next week to do it all again. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. I've been Ben. And we've been B-Squared. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. Oh, bro, we're so sick! <laughs> <laughs>